Do you ever wish you could create for yourself the well-presented visual content that some people add into their social media posts, but you think, but I wouldn't know where to start? Well, there isn't really a better place to start than with Canva for Teams, which helps you and your team collaborate and design the slickest content from simple yet standout social media backgrounds and posts to the best business documents and presentations you'll see. With my own show, the artwork and the jazz is very much secondary to the writing and broadcasting side of things, for although I find it impressive, I find it quite complex and daunting looking. Well, I did anyway. From messing about with Canva for Teams, I realise how simple it can be to do, because there's as much there to help you as there is to captivate you. You've got Canva whiteboards and Canva docs, giving you and your team the space you need to be able to brainstorm for your best results. Canva presentations, to really take your presentations up to that next level. Or Canva print, so all of these inspired designs that you make you can bring to life all printed planet-friendly on anything, from posters to mugs. Embrace it and have a play with it. You'll find no end of great stuff. Also, with AI-powered features such as Magic Design, so by simply uploading an image, you can watch as a collection of unique templates appear that you can customise to your own liking, or simply finish with a few personal touches, or Magic Write, where if you're suffering the dreaded writer's block, then you can simply enter a prompt into and it generates a first draft for you, boom. Even magic arrays that rids your pictures of those blemishes or photobombers that you get. You'll find Canva loaded with all you need to make the best creations you can, supporting and perhaps even suggesting your creative process each step of the way. Design and collaborate with Canva for Teams. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you go to canva.me slash TCE. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash T-C-E for a free 45-day extended trial. Canva.me slash T-C-E. Hello all, and the warmest of welcomes back to the True Crime Enthusiast podcast, coming to you for the first time from a new corner of North Wales, back after my break, and now almost fully moved in. What a bastard of a thing to do moving houses. Never again, I tell you. I am, as always, Paul, the creator, host, and true crime enthusiast of the show's title. Of course, he's here with me. I tried to leave him behind, but he's followed me here. Peeksy, my true crime enthusiast cat. And completing us, most importantly, are yourselves, the enthusiasts that keep the show revolving. It is as great as ever being back with you. I thank you kindly for joining us today. And I hope that as you have, it's for a tale that finds you and yours all good, all safe, and all well. Best way is to hit the ground running then, with one of my favourite tales to have ever covered on The Enthusiast. And so there's not too much of a need for this this time around. But the episode contains details and descriptions of events that some listeners may find disturbing and or distressing. So as always, please use discretion whilst you're listening in all. Bearing that in mind, please join the True Crime Enthusiast for an episode I've entitled, and it will become clear this, The Mudding of the Somerset Gimp. What is it, do you think, that possesses people to go out dressed as all sorts, with no context at all to it? Last year I did a bonus episode about the killer clown craze that struck the UK a couple of years ago. 
And though some of the incidents I described in it were people simply jumping on the bandwagon, following the craze and getting up to devilment, others really frightened people. Clowns are a bit sinister after all, aren't they? But it doesn't have to be just dressed as clowns. What about if you're dressed as something else and you head out around the streets? Like say, for example, what if you're dressed in fetish gear and you're out? What's the reason for that? Is it purely to frighten or freak people out? Or is it harmless enough and is just a sexual kink for you? Perhaps you're even attempting to do some good with it. Whatever floats your boat. Now many villages and towns across the country do have their own story of a costumed or unusually dressed resident or residents in their area. Whether they're doing something for charity, whether it's for something like Fathers for Justice, or whether it's just to raise people's spirits, who knows. But these people can enter into local folklore and become local heroes, winning the affection and praise of local residents for being a bit different and for putting a smile on people's faces. One fella who used to live fairly near to me goes out each day without fail in full Highland dress, the kilt, the funky socks, the sporran, the lot, and has become one of the Wrexham legends that make where I live like Fraggle Rock live. Another one, I swear, has a spray-painted head. But the same goes for the opposite of this, of course. Beginning officially in November 2018, although one police officer suggested it may have been ongoing since about 2015, a cluster of North Somerset villages just off the A370 have had their own costumed character who's come to be known as a variety of names, but the one I've selected that sums him up best, I think, is the Somerset Gimp. It was that November that Avon and Somerset police began receiving disturbing reports that a figure, dressed in a skin-tight black rubber or PVC fetish suit, complete with mask, had been jumping out and making indecent gestures at people, consistently around the areas of the villages of Claverham and Yatton, acting what is reported as inappropriately with animals, or prowling around peering through the windows of people's houses. Between November 2018 and June 2019, police logged seven entries from people in Yatton reporting a man in a gimp suit in different locations around the village. One caller described a man wearing a full gimp suit with a red mask, while other call logs noting a man wearing a gimp mask made of gaffer tape or a full blackhead gimp mask. By January 2019, the man was described as wearing a latex suit and with no eye holes, rolling around in animal excrement near field gates and often masturbating. How you do that in a gimp suit is beyond me, but it was consistent with a number of other reports to police, which mentioned the man touching himself while dressed in the outfit. One witness said he was in his 20s when he saw a gimp man sometime around 2018. He said he'd parked his car in Yatton at around 2 o'clock in the morning and realised someone was watching him as he pulled his seat forward to get something from the back. He described later, He was stood on the other side of the open front door, about a metre and a half away, looking in. He was wearing a latex black suit and mask with red crosses over the eyes. No shoes, his suit went all the way down, and as he was looking in, we looked at each other for a moment. I'm not an aggressive person, but I had a fight or flight moment and walked towards him and he sprinted off. I gave chase for maybe 10 metres. He was pretty quick. 
These reports tended to follow a similar vein. The target that the individual would select to jump out at would be people out walking, often alone and always late at night. And in several of the cases, the victims, as police referred to them, reported that the man was grunting and making noises as he did, with some reporting he was performing indecent acts whilst doing so, like thrusting himself forward at them in obscene gestures. Now while some that may have seen the gimp may not have even deemed it worth reporting to police, choosing instead to admonish the individual and send him off on his way with a choice, piss off you bloody weirdo, or words to that effect, or to just be bemused, Others did report their sightings, with almost all who did so telling police how shocked and unnerved it made them, making them think they were about to be attacked. One well-documented sighting, the most well-documented sighting in fact, of the Gimp Man came on Friday the 11th of July 2019 in Claverham by a then 21-year-old woman named Abby Conroy. That evening, about 11.30pm, Abby had been out for an evening stroll around the village's Cadbury Hill area and was heading back along Chapel Lane towards the home that she shared with her wife, Pip, when ahead of her, she spotted movement at the other side of the street. Having her phone in her hand anyway, after she'd spotted this movement, Abby opened the phone's camera app. She later told BBC News, I was walking along with my torch and looked up to see someone charging at me in a full black rubbery suit and I managed to take a picture. He kept coming towards me and was touching his groin, grunting and breathing heavy. As I tried to take a step back, he was right in front of my face and he put his leg forward. I was just trying to assess the situation in my head quickly. Everything was running through my head. I was looking around thinking, oh my god, I thought. This is it. I'm going to get attacked. Abby recalled pushing and screaming at the man, and panicking, she indeed quickly managed to snap a photo of the figure in his outfit, a complete black all-bodysuit and mask, with what appeared to be red stitching around the mouth and eyes of the mask, before the man started running backwards towards the main road, and then fled out of sight. Abby immediately fled home and contacted police, who did respond immediately. As I said before, they'd received reports totaling double figures of the latex-clad loon roaming the area over the previous few months. But despite them using a tracker dog and even having a helicopter deployed to search, they were unable to find the gimp man. Now the picture Abby had taken of the individual was widely shared throughout the local and national media. If you seek out the story online, you'll come across it. Or, you can head to the show's Instagram page and see it for yourself. And it does indeed show a slightly blurry photograph of an individual clad in what appears to be a rubber fetish suit, stood a few feet away from Abby as she was taking the photograph. When the picture is looked at closely, although it's blurry, the mask can be seen as having red crosses over the eyes, as well as a grotesque red smile over the mouthpiece of the mask, the features either having been drawn or stitched onto it. Now I've looked at this picture so many times while I was researching this tale, and I can understand why Abby was frightened, for it is chilling. I like to think that if someone jumped out on me dressed like that, I'd either straight away tell them where to go and what I thought of them, or I'd lamp them one, but I don't know. 
I think it would undoubtedly be scary seeing that. Abby's wife Pip said that after reporting what had happened to police, an officer assured her he believed, we're going to get Gimp Man tonight. Pip added, he said it's been an ongoing issue for the past four years, and that it's normally animals involved, or he'd let himself into people's gardens, and he's been seen humping their grass, or breathing on their windowsills, strange things like that. He said this was the first time he's actually made contact properly though, other than jumping out and scaring people. This has just made us feel a little paranoid. We've moved to Somerset, it's so, so quiet, it's full of families and elderly people. It's been lovely compared to Birmingham. We fell in love with the area, and then it's just really scared us a bit. We've had a security light fitted because we're feeling a bit uneasy at night now. Abby, meanwhile, told BBC News how she was left feeling, saying, It was a massive shock. I didn't know if I was dreaming. I've already suffered from severe anxiety. That's why I go for my little walks, to try and clear my head. But it's made me feel panicked, like there's someone watching, and I don't want to go out. I don't feel like I can even work at the moment. I'm a barber, and every mail that I get, I'm going to find it weird until I know the police have got this man. A spokesperson for Avon and Somerset Police, Inspector Adam O'Loughlin, said following this sighting, We're aware of concerns relating to a man acting suspiciously in the Claverham and Yatton areas. While we're keeping an open mind about the motive for these incidents, it's clear the individual responsible is deliberately attempting to cause alarm to the men and women he's approaching. Whilst no one has been hurt during the incidents, we fully appreciate the distress these actions have caused victims. Now, according to the Daily Star newspaper, he added further, I can completely understand why seeing a man dressed that way would cause people to be extremely distressed, but it is really important that people understand that this chap, in this particular incident in question, hasn't caused any harm to anyone or indicated he's going to. It's not for me to say what's unusual or what's normal or not. Indeed. Now many comments on social media supported the way this was opined by police and questioned that even if the man was out at night dressed as a gimp, then what crime had the man been committing? But even if the Somerset gimp man had not performed alleged acts of indecency and had just been seen standing in the road or walking around the lanes at night, there was still the possibility that he was offending most likely by a breach of either Section 4 or 5 of the Public Order Act 1986, two of the most common offences committed in Britain because they cover a wide range of scenarios, everything from an abusive neighbour shouting over the garden fence at you, to three pint rockies squaring up for a fight in a kebab shop. Section 4A rules it is an offence to cause intentional harassment, alarm or distress to a person and carries with it a maximum penalty of six months in prison. To prove this in court, however, prosecution has to show that not only did someone experience harassment, alarm or distress at the time, but that the source of it intended that feeling to be the effect of their actions. Section 5 of the Public Order Act covers more general harassment, alarm or distress, but is for lesser offences and those convicted can only be fined. The way this statement from Avon and Somerset Police was worded appeared to some, however, that police were suggesting that the GIMP's appearances were somewhat harmless, 
and they were really willing to do bugger all about it. And it triggered some keyboard warriors coming out in full to point out the seriousness of the situation and the very real way it had left those who'd seen him feel. One wrote, People saying he or she haven't done anything, then why is it always in the cover of night and they jump out holding their groin and making bizarre sounds? I would definitely be scared. Another said, Before the last It movie came out, we had creepy clowns scaring the hell out of people at night in several cities around the country. This is worse. This guy would be in danger here. Seeing this would absolutely terrify. And for all those saying he or she or it is harmless, think again. Anyone that gets off on people's fear is a very sick and twisted person indeed. I wonder what they're really hiding. And yet another added, Are you joking? Okay, let's see how you react if you were to be confronted with this man late at night. It's not normal to be sneaking around in a latex suit in a creepy mask, spooking people and making grunting noises. I don't think you'd be so accepting if he popped up one night around yours. Now I reckon I'd contact police too if someone had jumped out on me like that. If I hadn't told them in no certain terms where to go or belted them as I say. But not all responses were people spouting off about the seriousness of the situation however. Chris Jackson, the chair of Yatton Parish Council, said There's a mix of feelings. There is some disquiet among people who worry they may come across him late at night. But there's also sympathy that this individual may have problems. One user online wrote He'll be easy to find. He'll be in a box in the basement of the local pawnbrokers. With Zed, of course. Oh no, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Another amateur sleuth suggested a seemingly obvious way to snare the rubber-clad reprobate, saying, Apparently, according to a friend, it takes a lot of talc to get in and out of one of those suits. Just look for the guy clearing the shelves of Johnson's baby powder in the local village spa shop. Having never tried on a gimp suit myself, bucket list, I can imagine those suits are a bit of a bastard, not just to get into, but to move around in as well. And they must take a hell of a lot of talc to get into. So yeah, look for someone excess talc buying. I thought the poster was quite homesy in there in their thinking. Now, in the days following this story being widely reported, with Abby's picture of Gimp Man appearing in the media, one man who lives in the Claverham area came forward to tell of his much earlier running with the masked meanderer, Claverham resident Cameron Graham. He told the Daily Star newspaper that one evening, some months before Abby's sighting, he'd been walking home from a Claverham pub, the Tavern, when he spotted a man lying on the ground in a nearby car park, and which looking on Google Maps, the only one I can see near is adjacent to the pub, which is part of the village hall and which leads onto Bishop's Road. Now, this individual hadn't fallen over lashed, and what he was doing exactly, who knows? Cameron described, I was just walking along, and there was this bloke lying on the ground in a car park next to a field. He was wearing a full gimp suit, latex and everything. He tried to get up, but I was having none of it. I kicked him in the face, and then to the stomach, and got off. Now whether he fought back or not to this, the Somerset Gimp may have met his match here, for Cameron is a mixed martial arts enthusiast. He continued, 
I told everyone about it when I got home, but no one believed me, not even my mum. In the end, I stopped telling people about it. When people dismissed his claims, he started to doubt himself, saying that his head had been all over the place following a recent breakup. So, because of this, plus the fact that he'd been drinking, he even started to doubt that the fight had took place himself, saying, I ended up convincing myself it didn't happen. They all said it was rubbish and I was just drunk. And to be fair, I had had a few beers, but I wasn't out of my tree. Now, when Abby came out with her encounter, not far from where Cameron said he'd lamped the Gimp Man one, all of a sudden, he was vindicated. He told the star. Now, it turns out it's true. The bloke I kicked looks just like that bloke in the photo. They're both tubby. People think it's funny, but it's not. It's making people scared to let their kids play out, which isn't good. Now, I love the fact that Cameron thought that his one-sided, onyx-clad opponent and the gimp that Abby had photographed were the same person, predominantly because both were tubby, not for the fact that it was some weirdo roaming around the same small Somerset village in a gimp suit at night. Like there's going to be more than one. But what do I know? Perhaps it's like the bloody village of the dam down there, only with gimps instead of creepy blonde kids. A couple of days after Abby's sighting, two men, both believed to be from the Claverham area, and at least one of them reported as a local farm worker, who was described by locals as a quiet man from a very religious family, were arrested on suspicion of indecency offences in connection with the reports. A 28-year-old man on Monday the 14th, and the following day, a 34-year-old man. What led police to the door of both suspects has never been revealed, but following the arrests, on Wednesday the 16th of July, an Avon and Somerset police spokesperson said, So far, we've identified 14 reports since November last year, and as part of our investigation, we're reviewing all reports of a similar nature from the area. The two arrested men have been released on bail, and inquiries into the series are ongoing. But there were people in the area still worried that it might happen again. One resident who chose not to be named said, He'll probably enjoy being dragged away in handcuffs as just another part of his kinky night. If he's in disguise, then he might do it again anyway. Maybe dressed as a clown, or something even more scary, like a dancing Maybot. Now off tangent, if you don't know what a Maybot is, it's a term that refers to former Prime Minister Theresa May, and was coined by journalists due to the then PM's repetition of key phrases, such as strong and stable during her election campaign and her total inability to engage with questions leading her to be described as a prime minister so lacking in human features that she soon requires a system reboot and one that dances or does some sort of thing trying to there's a well-shared clip of Theresa May dancing at some event and I thought to myself this must be what post-apocalyptic hell is like I digress again. Abby and her wife Pip, at the time only married a year, said following the arrests that while they were grateful police were doing their job, it would be difficult for them to relax until they knew that the right person had been caught. Pip said, We feel relieved they've been arrested, but at the moment, we don't know it's definitely him. 
Now, police didn't know either. Certainly no charges were raised against either man arrested, and both were released on police bail the following day. But following this, the gimp man seemed to disappear. Perhaps he'd wandered onto another town to prowl around like a leather-clad littlest hobo, or perhaps he'd felt the heat a bit too close and decided to pack it in completely. However you stop gimping, I don't know. Either way, there were no more latex-clad lurkers spotted in the Claverham or Yatton areas, and by November of that year, a spokesperson for Avon and Somerset Police said, once again, Detectives carried out a thorough investigation into a series of incidents in which a man wearing disguises approached people in the Claverham and Yatton area. Two men, aged 28 and 34, were arrested on suspicion of indecency offences, but due to insufficient evidence they were later released with no further action taken against them. Thankfully, we've not received any more reports of similar incidents since the most recent report of a man wearing a black bodysuit approaching a woman on July the 11th. Indeed, both of the men arrested in July had been released from police bail by that November, no charges being raised against them due to, as we've just heard, a lack of sufficient evidence. But throughout the preceding months, it is fair to say that local officers had taken the Gimp Man a bit more seriously than some residents had once considered that they had. The police spokesperson continued, We appreciate how this series of incidents in the Claverham and Yatton areas has caused concern among the community. We hope local residents are reassured by the increased patrols in the area and the two arrests that we've made since the most recent incident. Neighbourhood officers have regularly engaged with the community about the incidents over the past few months, providing updates at parish council and partners and communities together meetings, and have also visited local addresses to raise awareness and appeal for information, delivering leaflets to residents who were not in at the time. Anyone who continues to have concerns, or who has information which could help our inquiry, is encouraged to contact the neighbourhood team via the 101 service. And just like that, over time, North Somerset went back to a sense of normality. People felt safe to walk the streets again, without some PVC-wearing parasite jumping out on them at random, and things settled down. However, if doing things like this is what floats a person's boat, and it wasn't quite clear what exactly the masked gimp man was getting out of all of this, apart from likely a sexual kick from frightening someone, as in each of the reported encounters, he pretty much just stood there, saying nothing. The gimp man had never reportedly spoken through any of the sightings, but just grunted, shocked or surprised the victim, and then run off. But as I say, if doing this is what floats your boat, then how do you stop it if it's that exciting to you? What compels a man to dress up in a gimp suit and run around villages frightening people at night? You can only wonder, can't you? It boggles the mind. But if it's that thrilling for them, then I dare say, they would be tempted to do it once again, for it must be like an unscratched itch. And almost two years later, it seemed that that itch had needed to be scratched. The unsettling news that the Somerset Gimp Man had possibly returned after almost two years, came when shortly after midnight on the 1st of September 2021, 
A couple watching television in their front room in Claverham became aware of a dark-clad masked figure lying in their garden watching them through the patio windows. The woman later posted on Facebook. A man in some kind of mask was lay on the floor watching us through our French doors. He legged it when my husband chased him though. As you would do, would you? The husband was immediately out of the house and gave chase, but the masked figure was off like a belt-fed wombat, out of the garden and away. Though police were immediately called, officers were unable to locate the tight-clothed trespasser, and so they subsequently made an appeal for anyone with dashcam or doorbell footage, possibly containing footage of a man in Claverham on Wednesday the 1st of September, wearing what was described as a full face mask, to contact them, although no footage was reported as forthcoming as a result. This sighting prompted Claverham locals to speculate that it was the same person from the incidents two years previously. Now, to quote a fab album, almost, Back in Black and Baby Powder. One resident immediately wrote online, He's back. The sighting spooked locals enough that a patrol group was subsequently set up for people to walk around Claverham in teams at night to reassure locals, stressing it was not encouraging anyone to put themselves in danger, but rather it hoped to support neighbours and to encourage community awareness and vigilance. One group member said, I've got older children and even my kids are saying it's the gimp man again. They're really freaked out by it. But it could be anyone, and I want to come from a practical point of view and do something to help people feel safer. I'm not too bothered to walk around on my own, but it freaks my children out, and I want them to feel safer. But apart from this sighting in September 2021, there were no others reported. Now that isn't to say he hadn't been out doing it again and had been spotted, there were just no other reports of him made to police. People could have seen the gimp man and laughed it off, or thought he was some sort of legend and never dreamed of reporting it. In the past couple of years, people have had a bit more on their plate to concern them rather than concerning about rubber-clad reprobates after all. And as I said before, there were equally those who felt from the arrival of the gimp man, and probably still do feel, that he's doing nothing wrong. Whatever flicks you switch, each to their own after all. So. Had he buggered off once again following this close shave? Of course not. It may take a few months, but you just can't keep a good gimp down after all, can you? In the early hours of Sunday the 26th of June 2022, 21-year-old Kira Elston was walking on Yatton High Street in the adjacent village to Claverham after having a night out in Bristol with her boyfriend and another friend when after getting out of a taxi near the Claverham Road roundabout on the B3133, her boyfriend Lewis suddenly noticed a figure stood there ahead of them. Kara later told the Daily Star newspaper, We were just having a normal chat, just walking along, as you would. We came up to the alleyway, and then out of nowhere at all, my boyfriend said to me, Kara, there's a man. And this man then started walking towards me and my boyfriend. We both realised at the same time what he was wearing and how he was presenting himself in a way to scare us. Kara said her boyfriend Lewis then told the group that they needed to run. She went on. 
As we announced that we were going to run, the man actually stopped and just stood in a way where he had his arms out a little bit, like he was proud, and wanted us to remember the encounter. We were running, but I was too scared to look back, so for all I knew, he was still behind me, and I was absolutely terrified. It was such a scary moment. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. I'm still really shaken up by it. I've got the image in my head of him walking towards me and staring, and I didn't have a clue what his intention was. I dread to think what would have happened if I'd been on my own. Now it would scare you that, wouldn't it? Lewis Webb described this shock and terror as they ran from the figure coming towards them, saying, We were walking back towards Kara's house when we approached the alley which enters into her estate. As we were talking, I looked at the roundabout as I thought I'd seen something. Then in the pitch black was this bloke in a full latex gimp suit walking towards us from out of nowhere. He clearly knew we were there, so I just told Kara to run, and we sprinted down the alleyway and back to her house, and made sure the guy wasn't chasing us. We were blessed that we were so close to her house. We then contacted the police to make them aware of someone walking around doing that. I think we were lucky as I was there with her, but I wouldn't want to know what would happen if it was a younger girl on her own at night, and saw that. Me neither. A spokesperson from Avon and Somerset Police said, once again, Police were called just after 1am on Sunday the 26th of June by a woman reporting seeing a man dressed in a black latex bodysuit and wearing a mask on Yatton High Street near the Claverham Road roundabout. She described him as more than 6 feet tall and slim and said the incident had caused her alarm and distress. Officers carried out a search of the area but found no trace of the man. We're keeping an open mind as to whether the report is linked to previous incidents in which a similarly dressed man caused alarm to people in the Claverham and Yatton areas. If you have any information, dash cam or CCTV footage which could help to identify the man, please call 101 and give the reference 57 of 26th of June. Kira's father, Steve Elston appealed for help in finding the gimp man on Facebook the day after the sighting, saying, Last night, my daughter and her boyfriend were approached by gimp man at around 1am on the top of Claverham Road where it meets Yatton High Street. Could you PM me if you have any suspicions as to who he is? Also, could people in that area check their doorbell footage please? Kira was absolutely terrified. She contacted the police, who didn't even come round to take a statement. So, I'll be on the hunt for him myself. Full on death wish, come on. And looking at Kira's dad, he looks quite handy as well, so another shoe-in seemed likely in line for the gimp man, should Steve have caught up with him. Now upon hearing about this latest sighting, Abby, the terrifying memories flooding back to her, told BBC News, My heart felt like I was running a marathon. I've had, had an instant feeling of panic, anxiety and anger again, which took me over a year of private counselling and medications to control. If I'm not worrying at home, I'm worrying at work, because my wife's at home and so are many other women. If I could speak to him now, I'd want to know why he does what he does. Everything is running through my head. I'd want him to know just how scary it was. I'd want him to know how it's affected me, and that just because I'm female doesn't mean I shouldn't be going for a walk on my own at night. 
which is what some have been saying. It's not just a man jumping out at me going boo. Every time I close my eyes, I just see that face. It's terrifying. You can imagine, eh? Have a look again at the picture. It's a fear that no woman should ever have. Of course it is. So, it's fair to say there was quite an oddball roaming around the North Somerset area. And yet, Gimp Man is by no means exclusive to the Somerset area. There are plenty of others documented. At least one such individual who, whilst he isn't afraid to be out and about dressed up in his latex, and who doesn't confine himself to appearing at night or in woodland or anything, combines his love of wearing this get-up with raising money for charity, which he's raised several thousand pounds for, although he fiercely maintains his anonymity. He's by now become a bit of a celebrity in his own right. He's been featured in several newspapers, he's been on BBC News, he has his own Twitter and Facebook accounts, which he's fairly active on, and has more than 6,000 followers on the latter. I follow him on both. He has also, over the course of his escapades, raised several thousand pounds for charity. Going by the online moniker of Robert Jubilee, he's better known as the Gimp Man of Essex, and as he writes on his official Facebook page, I'm not scary and will not hurt you. I'm just out and about to make people smile and hopefully brighten a few days up. If you see me, please stop for a chat. I don't bite. Every time someone posts a picture with him on Facebook, the Gimp Man of Essex donates money to Colchester Mind and offers a non-profit in lieu of donations for Colchester Mind, rent a Gimp service for parties. He also quite happily answers questions on social networks about his lifestyle telling the Pink News publication. I like latex. I like the feel of it. It's like an all-over hug, like putting a costume of you on, but different. An hour and a bit, is it, really? You've got to be careful you don't dehydrate. And as for getting in and out of the costume, a bottle of talcum powder does last a while. You only want a good sprinkle, and you slide in and out. Thanks for that, Gimp Man. Now the Gimp Man of Essex explained that while wearing the suit has been part of his life for years, but one that's long remained a separate part, his wife, he claims, is a vanilla and latex is not her thing. And in fact, his wife and children are completely unaware of his alter ego. It's something he keeps strictly private, maintaining his cover by not going out during the school holidays or at weekends, explaining. In public, I have a different persona. I'm the gimp and act differently to my everyday character. I won't go out when the schools are on holiday. My theory is, if you go out when the kids are at school, then the only kids you see are in pushchairs, and they just laugh. Although some people do assume that the Essex gimp man is a paedophile or a pervert, he really isn't. He admits, other than a couple of scuffles with security officers here and there, he has had overwhelmingly positive experiences in his outfit, with passers-by coming up to chat to him and having pictures with him over the years in his visits to several Essex towns, explaining. It's for charity and it's a bit of fun. It probably seems a bit strange to some people, but the longer it goes on, the better the reaction. A lot of people want to talk to me, but are a bit shy. I found that being friendly helps to draw them in, so I talk to them, and before you know it, we're having pictures taken 
and they go off happy. He added, emphatically, I don't go round to scare the life out of people. Most people are very welcoming when I tell them what it's all about. I've been called a nutter before, but I don't react to comments like that. I'm adult enough to realise people look at the negatives in everything. But people are a lot more open-minded nowadays. And at the end of the day, you can walk along the beach and see a lot more than I'm exposing. He told BBC News that a friend of his had suggested several years before that he could do some good with the attention he got from passers-by wearing his suit outdoors. So he hit upon the idea of using the attention he got to fundraise for local mental health charities, it being something close to his heart, by him donating a pound to a charity every time a picture someone took with him was shared online. He has, over the years, raised more than £3,000 for Colchester Mind alone. He added, I feel like I've helped a few people, made a few people smile, like a superhero rising to the top. So, that's what the Gimp Man of Essex is about. He's completely transparent with what he does and why he does it. It's something he enjoys, and it's something that he does good with. He added in his interview, Don't judge a book by its cover. If you see this, it doesn't mean there's a monster inside, does it? When people talk to me, they realise that I'm just a normal guy, married with kids, a mortgage, etc., who happens to wear an unusual outfit. If I can go out like this, and people see that I'm not a rapist or a madman, then it can only help get things a bit more accepted in the future. However, When he was asked about the Somerset Gimp Man, he reacted almost angrily, slating that that individual prowling around whilst wearing his suit for what had to be for no other reason than to simply to try and terrify people for what must be some sexual kick to him, the complete opposite of what Robert Jubbly does. He must have rapidly become his arch nemesis. eh? Now I must stress also that I in no way consider the Gimp Man of Essex, Robert Jubbly, whatever he calls himself today, whatever he does to be in no way any kind of criminality, or perhaps even odd. I really warm to his honesty and his reasons, and I'd be the first one to have a picture with him if I saw him. So if anyone listening manages to, there'll be a whole host of show stuff headed to them, so impressed will I be. Details of the Gimp Man of Essex's Just Giving charity page will be in the episode show notes, so please make sure that you check him out on social media, give him a like and give him a follow, what an absolute legend. Meanwhile, back to the focus of our tale, and after another brief hiatus, on the 25th of October 2022, a vehicle carrying a family who were travelling from the Kingswood Farm campsite in Caravan Park near the North Somerset village of Cleve, at about 10.30pm drove past a figure who they described later was wearing an all-black and shiny outfit and was lying on the floor with the shoulders moving like they were doing a commando crawl. At first, the two adult occupants of the vehicle believed they'd seen a bin bag blowing in the wind and didn't report this until another report by a pair of teenagers just a few hours later was made public. One of the teenagers, Alex Warren, described the freaky late-night encounter on Millia Road in Cleve, which is only about a mile from Claverham. The 19-year-old, who took pictures of the bizarre encounter, 
said that they initially thought the man lurching towards them at about 12.30am must have been drunk. Alex told BBC News that, to his considerable surprise, the figure took a step up on the pavement, arched his body and flopped to the ground without putting his hands out to catch himself. I don't want this guy to be seen as a bogeyman, but this kind of thing, this invisible threat that he could be anywhere, it's indirectly causing fear. It's not just about the encounter, but the effect it has in waves through the community. It's quite gut-wrenching. He described the man as wearing blue latex gloves and a dark, shiny bodysuit from head to toe, which was already covered in mud and leaves, continuing. His outfit was shiny with some sort of liquid, and he was glistening in the torchlight and he smelt really earthy. After he'd gone, you could still smell it. Fortunately, the two friends were not too shaken by the confrontation as the absurdity of what they were witnessing tore through their tension. And after offering him a cigarette, they began filming the events, taking a series of photographs as they laughed at the man, who then stood and rubbed his penis over his suit before he walked off towards Cleve Hill Road. However, Alex admitted later that he may have reacted differently if he'd been alone, and that he was still trying to make sense of what had happened, adding that he felt some people could be psychologically damaged if they saw the same thing. He immediately contacted Avon and Somerset Police, who once again deployed a dog unit and a helicopter to carry out a search of the area, though there was no sign of the Gimp Man. But, a man in his 30s was for the second time subsequently arrested at an address in the local area on suspicion of causing a public nuisance, and was the following morning released on police bail with conditions to remain home between the hours of 9pm and 6am, and to present to a police officer upon request. Acting Inspector Lee Kerslake of the Neighbourhood Policing Team said, We responded quickly to this report due to its similarity with other previous incidents which have caused significant alarm and distress to members of the public in the area. No one has been physically harmed during any of these incidents, but we know they've caused concern to the local community and we're determined to identify the individual or individuals responsible and stop them. We continue to keep an open mind about the intentions of the man on Millier Road and whether the incident is linked to any others. Again, there was a hiatus now. It's almost as if having a close shave had frightened the gimp off, isn't it? That was until the evening of Sunday the 7th of May of this year, when at 11.15pm, motorist Lucy Lodge was driving alone along Accommodation Road in Bleeden, just four miles south of Western Supermare in North Somerset when she saw a dark object at the side of the road. In a later statement, she said that as she neared, she saw it was a figure dressed in very tight, dark clothing, with a mask over their face and white crosses where the eyes should be, she said. As I drove closer to the object, I could see it was moving, and I could see the object was in fact a person. He was writhing and crawling as if in a military fashion. I could see the person was dressed in black from head to toe in a skin-tight suit. The mask was dark and very tight, and they had two fairly large white crosses over each eye. The sight really frightened me. It was terrifying, although I'd only seen them for a few seconds. 
My first thought was it could be a possible abduction and the person was trying to get me out of my car. I genuinely believed it was because you read about this in the newspapers. I became very paranoid as I drove along and away from this person and I couldn't comprehend what I'd witnessed. The whole incident felt so surreal and I was questioning myself about what I was seeing and even making this statement makes me feel anxious. When I got home, I was breathing heavily and I was having a borderline panic attack. I didn't sleep more than three hours that night. She added, Thinking back to that night, I can honestly say this was the most frightened I've ever been. I've never felt fear like that before or since and I can only describe the scene as like something you see in a horror movie. I was that scared. I'd never seen anything like this before. I feel scared and I never want to see this thing again due to the fright it gave me. Martin Mills, a passenger in a vehicle driving in the area at the same time as Lucy, also saw a man commando crawling on the floor. I could see they were all in black and shiny and the car lights were reflecting off him, he said. Two days later, and just after midnight on the 9th of May, also along Accommodation Road, Samantha Brown was driving from work with her sister-in-law and another colleague when they saw a masked figure in black standing in the middle of the road, legs apart and arms behind their back. Samantha later described in a witness statement, As I came round the corner, this person was dressed in an all-black, shiny suit or something like a gimp suit. Chloe screamed with fear and she looked absolutely terrified. Her scream was awful and as I was still driving, I had to control the car to avoid crashing. I screamed and it terrified me to see this male in the road. It really scared me. I just felt sheer horror. I didn't know what he wanted to do, what his intentions were, and it was just so surreal and eerie. I had to speed up to get past him and he jumped to the side of my car. When I got home, I was shaking and crying. I was scared by this person. Anything could have happened and they had their hands behind their back and they could have been holding anything. I didn't sleep that night and I still think about that guy in the dark lane every day. When it's closing time at work, I can feel myself beginning to dread my journey back home. That night was the worst night of my life. Now Samantha had within a few months even left a job as a result of the incident, saying that she was fed up with being scared whilst travelling to and from work and constantly having it on her mind. Her sister-in-law, Chloe Smith, had also seen the man and described later, I screamed and covered my eyes with my hands. I was scared by what he was doing because it was dark and they were dressed like that. The other passenger, a teenager, said that Chloe's scream had been like something from a horror movie and when he saw the man, he grabbed the door handle in case he tried to open the door. I was angry that he scared Samantha and Chloe, he said. Samantha reported this sighting to police at 7 minutes past 12 and within 3 minutes, by now determined to catch the gimp in the act, police officers were at Accommodation Road. Police constables Declan Coppock and Gareth Pickles were the first officers to arrive and spotted a white Citroen Berlingo van reversing out of a lay-by in a field, which they decided to stop. They pulled up behind the vehicle and PC Coppock got out to speak to the driver, 
who identified himself as 31-year-old Joshua Hunt, a self-employed gardener of Brook Farm in Claverham, and who at the time was wearing grey jogging bottoms and a blue or black hooded top. PC Coppock recalled later, I noticed his skin was extremely wet and damp, suggesting he'd been lying on the side of the road. Suspecting his involvement in the incident, he then arrested Hunt on suspicion of causing a public nuisance, but when the officers searched Hunt, he told them, You can take the cuffs off. I'm not a gimp. I don't own a gimp suit. I'm not in a gimp suit. I'm not dangerous. I'm a normal person. I've got a few problems. I need help, basically. Before adding, I need mum. Hunt was found to be not wearing a t-shirt or any underwear, and when police searched his van, they found a collection of wet black clothing, women's tights, black tape, and black gloves. There were also four completely covering face masks, each with eyes and a mouth painted on them with neon paint, a white UV body crayon, neon white paint used for drawing on masks, and a lock knife. I'd say the gimp was pretty much caught there, wouldn't you? For it was, of course, Joshua Hunt, who was the unnamed male who had been arrested twice before on suspicion of being the Somerset gimp. In his police interview, Hunt said, My mental health has deteriorated rapidly and I'm in crisis. He said he'd recently been prescribed new antidepressants which had disagreed with him and had made no less than 19 phone calls to the Samaritans, including one earlier the previous evening. He denied he was the Somerset Gimp, saying, I stood in the road because I was attempting to kill myself. I was not attempting to scare anybody. I'm crying out for help, and I would like help with my mental health. When police later searched Hunt's home, an Asda receipt found there also showed a purchase of two pairs of women's leggings he'd made, while he'd also ordered more neon UV paint from eBay. Officers also found a disturbing journal in which Hunt had written a story about a character called Jack, who had purchased a black rubber suit and had made a mask out of women's tights, with a face painted on it in white paint. The face was looking like something out of a horror film, a face that would scare the life out of anyone, Hunt had written. A download of his internet search history, meanwhile, found searches on his home computer for Mask Weirdo Latex Suit, Masked Man Seen in Somerset, and Somerset Gimp, whilst on his mobile phone, a screenshot of a video about The Gimp Man on YouTube was also found, along with internet searches in 2022 and 2023 about the Somerset Gimp and the Gimp of Cleve. On the following day, Hunt appeared in North Somerset Magistrates Court in Wall, charged in connection with the aforementioned series of incidents in the area, but did not indicate any pleas to the four charges that were put to him those of two counts of a fray, and one count each of possession of a bladed article and committing an act of outraging public decency. Leanne Grover, prosecuting, described how that on 25th of October of the previous year, a member of the public reported to police being approached by a man wearing a latex bondage suit in Cleve. Miss Grover told the court, 
The witness was with his friend and the defendant was seen grabbing his penis over the top of his clothing and he was wearing what is generally known as a gimp suit and the defendant had over his head a mask which was shiny in nature. Mr Hunt was gyrating against the floor and some of what happened was captured on mobile phones. Though he'd been arrested on suspicion of this, but had been bailed and was still subject to that bail, Miss Grover alleged that Hunt approached two women drivers, one of them alone, on separate occasions on May the 7th and the 9th in the Bleeden area. Both were left fearful about what was going to happen and suffered immense distress as a result, she added. She then asked for Hunt to be remanded in custody, telling the court that he had made comments about taking his own life and the Crown Prosecution Service were concerned about his own safety, a comment to which Hunt could be seen shaking his head vigorously at this point. David Fanson, defending Hunt, said that his client was not fit to give him instruction and was currently on watch in the custody suite, so presiding magistrate Marilyn Darg committed the case to Crown Court and remanded Hunt in custody prior to a further appearance at Bristol Crown Court on June the 7th. However, by the 28th of June, it was reported that the charges against Hunt had been discontinued, though he was due to be charged with two offences contrary to Section 4A of the Public Order Act 1986, which related to the same incidents. A spokesperson for the Crown Prosecution Service said, The charges against Joshua Hunt have been reviewed in accordance with the Code for Crown Prosecutors, and proceedings at Bristol Crown Court have been concluded. Proceedings have been commenced in relation to two alternative charges contrary to the Public Order Act 1986, and Mr Hunt is due to appear before North Somerset Magistrates Court on July 18th, 2023. The CPS reminds all concerned that criminal proceedings against Joshua Hunt are active, and that he has the right to a fair trial. It is extremely important that there should be no reporting commentary or sharing of information online which could in any way prejudice these proceedings. Now, ahead of his appearance on July the 18th, Hunt was made the subject of an interim sexual harm prevention order restricting his alleged behaviour. The order, which was set in place until January 2024, terms that Hunt was banned from wearing a mask or possessing one in a public place and wearing black all-in-one clothing at night in public. He also must not, as the judge quoted in what must have been a first for them, crawl, wriggle or writhe on the ground wearing a full body covering or mask, or to visit the areas where the offences were alleged to have taken place. Gutted away. On July the 18th, the 32-year-old balding and bearded Hunt wearing a white shirt and brown trousers, spoke only to confirm his name, address and date of birth, and again shook his head vigorously to deny the two charges of using towards another person threatening, abusive or insulting words or behaviour with intent to cause that person to believe that immediate unlawful violence will be used against him or another by any person that he was accused of. Robert Yates, prosecuting, told the court, This is a case that has had quite a complex history and has been up to the Crown Court and come back. Eileen Westwood, the presiding justice, 
released Hunt on unconditional bail until a case management hearing at Taunton Dean Magistrates Court on the 16th of August. He was excused from appearing at this hearing, instead represented by his solicitor, David Fanson, who heard District Judge Angela Brereton fix a half-day trial at Bristol Magistrates Court on the 27th of October. So, just a couple of weeks ago as the episode comes out, Joshua Hunt appeared to face charges of putting someone in fear of provocation or violence under Section 4 of the Public Order Act, relating to the Somerset Gimp, which he denied. The court heard that Hunt was one of six children and lived on the family farm, a £1.1 million property named Brook Farm in the West Country village of Claverham, and testimony from a neighbour of the Hunts described him as lovely and a very nice young lad, adding, I know Joshua because he works for me, he does my gardening. However, the court was also told that Hunt had a history of poor mental health, and that his family had tried to previously get help for him from mental health professionals. It was in such a very traumatic state of mind that Hunt had been in in May of this year, telling the court when he gave evidence that he had been speaking with the Samaritans, including shortly before one of the occasions when he'd been seen, and getting counselling. Hunt confirmed in court that he was the masked man who had frightened passing drivers in North Somerset on two nights in May, but said, The outfit I wear is not anything to do with the Somerset Gimp. Hunt accepted he'd been on the verge of the road on the 7th of May, but denied he'd been crawling, and that on the 9th of May, he'd been close to or on the road only because he'd been contemplating letting a car hit him. He'd planned to stand in the road and let a car take him out, but had instead seen sense. Becoming emotional, he said, holding back tears, I basically hate myself, the way I look, the way I am, just everything about me. Now, this is where the unusual title of the episode stems from, because though Hunt claimed he had intended on killing himself on both evenings in May, he also said he'd travelled to the Bleeding area to take part in a pastime he called mudding, which he described as the act of covering himself in mud because he hated his body, and which he claimed he would go out at night in black clothing to do. Hunt explained, which a lot of people wouldn't understand, which is something I'd do to get covered in mud, which is another reason I was there, as it's close to the estuary where this mud. The clothes I wear and face masks are for mudding only, hence why I had them in the vehicle. Time from time, it's a self-loathing thing, because I feel so crap about myself. It's a release. It's a simple thing. I feel like shit. I cover myself in shit. I was going to go mudding, I'd wandered down to the estuary, I paced up and down, but as time went on, my mental state rapidly went downhill. I walked down there, I was going to, then I walked back and decided to place myself in the road in front of people because I wanted to get hit over by a car to end it all really, because I was so low. Hunt added that he had not realised that the neon paint he had used to draw on his masks lit up in the dark, but added in way of an explanation. I decided to put a smile on my face, two dots on my eyes and a smile. I wanted to die with a smile. Under cross-examination from Robert Yates, prosecuting, 
Hunt described how he would go mudding at the estuary, saying, It is a public place, but it's discreet. I only go mudding in discreet locations. You live on a farm. There are fields, private land. The public wouldn't be there. So why not go mudding there? It's not a case of reasons why I don't do it at the farm. I'm going to suggest that the reason you went to Accommodation Road was that you wanted to be seen and shock people. No, it wasn't. You go mudding because you want people to see you. I don't agree. All mudding I've done has been done discreetly. Hunt accepted that he'd previously made searches on his phone and computer for stories about the Somerset Gimp, but claimed he had only done this to keep up with local events. Hunt also admitted that he wrote the story featuring the character Jack and his black rubber suit and drawn-on mask, as was found during the search of his home, but claimed he was not in any way acting it out. He was merely wearing the outfit to go mudding. Hunt told the court, It never entered my head that what I was doing was frightening people. I apologise greatly to these people, and that I agree that what they saw would have frightened them. But my hand is on my heart that I never ever intended to cause those people harassment, alarm, harm or distress. On Friday the 27th of October, District Judge Joanna Dickens found Hunt guilty of two offences under Section 4A of the Public Order Act. Sentencing him, she told him that she made no judgement over whether Hunt was the Somerset Gimp who had been seen in the area for the past five years but that rather, the issue in this case was whether Hunt caused intentional harassment, alarm and distress, saying, In fairness to you, you have always accepted they were caused harassment, alarm or distress, and you've apologised for that. Everyone accepts, and it has been proved, that you were unwell and were suffering from a serious depressive episode. Your explanation about mudding doesn't add up, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I accept you might have wanted to wallow around in mud because you were depressed. What I don't understand is why at the side of the road, and why did you put a mask on? I do not believe your evidence as to why you were wearing the bizarre costume. I think there was an intention to cause fear, alarm, anxious and distress to others, and that's what happened on those occasions. It seems to me that you were wearing this costume, and the reason for that is that you intended to scare people that saw it. You were seen on a very quiet lane in the bleeding area, and that you were, on both occasions, highly visible to both, wearing quite a bizarre get-up. The way you looked would have been absolutely terrifying for those individuals. Hunt was then fined £100 and told to pay £200 each to his victims and £620 prosecution costs. Judge Dickens said she accepted that Hunt had already spent a month on remand in prison prior to his trial, a bigger punishment than any sentence she could impose, saying, I accept that you have already received punishment and spent time in prison and lost your good character in a very public way and no doubt affecting you for the remainder of your life. After the case, Avon and Somerset Police Chief Inspector Johnny Murray Policing commander for North Somerset said, The masks worn by Joshua Hunt, which were made out of tights and had faces drawn on them, terrified the people he jumped out on. 
His actions were alarming and caused others to genuinely fear for their safety. We took all the reports we received about this behaviour extremely seriously. High visibility patrols were regularly carried out by neighbourhood officers, while a senior detective was put in charge of reviewing all the incidents reported to us. As soon as we received the call on May the 9th, we dispatched officers and they arrived at the scene within three minutes. This meant we were able to secure the evidence needed to charge Hunt with the offences he has now been convicted of. In addition to bringing criminal charges, magistrates have also granted us an interim sexual risk order, which prohibits Hunt from being in possession of specific items of clothing and acting in certain ways. If he breaches this condition of the order, he could be arrested. His actions were alarming and caused others to genuinely fear for their safety. Behaviour of this kind is completely unacceptable. On Friday the 3rd of November, Hunt was given a sexual risk order at Bristol Magistrates Court by Judge Dickens after police argued there was indeed a sexual motivation to the 25 incidents he was linked to. Peter Richardson, defending, said Hunt had taken a pragmatic and practical approach to the application, explaining, We are not contesting the application, but that is not the same as agreeing with everything that is set out. Now the sexual risk order was imposed for five years and also means that Hunt is on the sex offender register for the same period. The order issued by Judge Dickens reads, It is adjudged that the defendant has done an act or series of acts of a sexual nature, as a result of which there is reasonable cause to believe that it is necessary for a sexual risk order to be made in order to protect the public from harm. Among the restrictions he now faces, Hunt is banned from being in possession of any type of mask or face covering, including improvised masks or face coverings that cover all or part of the face, in a public place, including while in a vehicle in a public place, between the hours of 9pm and 6am unless officially required for medical purposes or by law. Wearing or being in possession of black all-in-one garments or any combination of full-length black-coloured top and black-coloured bottom clothing, which has the appearance of an all-in-one garment, in a public place, including in a vehicle in a public place, between the hours of 9pm and 6am. And crawling, wriggling or writhing on the ground in a public place while wearing a full body covering, clothing that appears like a full body covering, and or mask, full face covering. Several other restrictions relate to Hunt's computer use. For example, he is now prohibited from deleting his search history and has to register all digital devices with the police. Judge Dickens told Hunt, I am satisfied that you have done a series of acts of a sexual nature. I have been informed what they are, and they certainly fall within the terms of the act, Sexual Offences Act, section 122a. They are clearly acts of a sexual nature with a sexual element to them. A sexual risk order is quite a serious order, and it has a lot of obligations of you, and if you breach this order, you can go to prison. I only make an order if I think it is necessary to protect the public from you, and I do think it is necessary. Concerning recent press coverage of the case, she added, 
Clearly, this case has attacked an amount of publicity and it is important that people can go about their business and feel safe. Indeed it is. Since the so-called Somerset Gimp first emerged five years ago, he's caused a mishmash of bemusement, distress, fear and concern in the picturesque and usually peaceful rural areas of North Somerset. Hunters accepted that he was the masked man dressed in black seen in May of this year, but not that he is the Somerset Gimp, for he insists that he isn't. The person in black has not been seen since May, but time will tell whether he, the Somerset Gimp, has gone for good. The whole Gimp thing, I think is fair to say, has always been an aspect that raises most people's eyebrows. I say most, for everything is normal to someone, after all, and if that's what floats your boat, then fair enough, it would be very dull indeed if we were all vanilla, wouldn't it? But it's always been an aspect that the first word that came into your head, you'd likely think, kinky. And so, an aspect that's probably at arm's length for a lot of people. But people roaming around in the dead of night, and I don't believe for a second it is the element of the outside and the darkness that is doing it for Joshua Hunt. Instead, I believe that this one is doing it for the sheer kick of seeing fear and shock on people's faces, as such a startling sight like him dressed like that instills when it comes out of the darkness to frighten someone. Well, it gives the leather brigade, and that's a term I mean in the nicest possible umbrella term, it gives them a bad name and does nothing for it being more widely accepted. I also think that the whole mudding story is a bit of a fabrication myself, but does serve to prove one thing that wasn't disputed in court, that Joshua Hunt has mental health issues, and arguably, he needs help rather than punishment. There are those that will argue, what has he really done except frighten people, and I always empathise with anybody struggling with their mental health, because that can happen to any of us, so I'm not saying anything bad about him for that. But concerning Hunt, remember the existing charges that were substituted, and one of them being that he was in possession of a bladed article, a lock knife, when he was arrested in May. Now it strikes me, and this is purely me thinking out loud, that dressing in such a way to shock and instill fear for sexual thrills, make no mistake, this is a weird kink of his. The mudding story can just kiss my swingers, frankly. This will one day stop. Now, this could stop, you'd hope, because Hunt finds himself in a satisfactory and fulfilling relationship, or his mental health improves, and he doesn't feel the need to prowl around as documented. Or, more chillingly, it could stop because it's plateaued for him, and he feels he needs to up the ante to create more excitement for himself, for it is obviously an obsession. Then I ask you, what would he then do to create more fear, to up that ante? It doesn't really bear thinking about, does it? I somehow feel we've not heard the last of Joshua Hunt. Now I know I might have been a bit light-hearted in points throughout the episode, but I can completely empathise with the fear that those who have seen Hunt doing this and describe the incident, Abby, Kara, Lucy, Samantha and Chloe, have felt completely. I'd find him freaky and scary to see myself in such a situation on a dark road, completely and honestly. So I'm not making light of anyone's fear whatsoever. 
just from darkness, you always have to try and pull a bit of light. I would love as always to hear your thoughts and feedback on the tale that I've brought you in the episode The Mudding of the Somerset Gimp, which you can do so in the thread that's now up in the show's Facebook discussion group, or by getting in touch through any of the show's social media links, wherever you want to folks, I would love to hear them. With that then, I shall shut up and wrap up here now, and I'm off mudding via a very quick stop at Costco to clear their shelves of talc. I thank you all so very kindly for joining me in the MOG today, and all that remains for me to say is that I've been, I still am, and hopefully still will be Paul, the true crime enthusiast, wishing you all good and safe times, and I shall speak to you very soon. It's good to be back after my break. Take care all, stay safe out there, and remember, don't approach any random gimps, unless he's in Essex, and in which case, have a pick with him, for it's all for a good cause. And goodbye for now.